Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking with city staff about the plan to have all city facilities and operations using 100% renewable energy sources by 2050. Let's get started. Joining us today is Heather Yates, Supervisor of Environmental Programs, and Brian Ho-Yan, Manager of Corporate Energy and Climate Change. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. So, honestly, I can't think of anything more topical right now after we've all been watching the news with, you know, hurricanes and major flooding and, you know, hopefully everybody focusing a little bit more on the environment. So, Brian, just to start us out, um, what can we do as community members uh, to both conserve energy and also reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, I think there's lots to do. And, and you know, throughout the community, even as a community member of Guelph, you know, it's not all that hard and, and there are little things that, that make the big. Um, in terms of things at home, you know, it's simple as just turning off the lights when you're not in the room or, you know, using less water. Uh, shorter showers, but even things like maybe not idling your car so much when you're out on the driveway or even cleaning out that garage and keeping the car in the garage, what it's intended for, right? So what that, mom and dad told us all those years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's something that, that really makes my days, maybe I'm old school, but uh, even just hanging your laundry out there, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to, to just kind of spend some time outside, uh, you know, be able to get something done and uh, and save energy while you're doing it. Generally speaking, do you find uh, that the residents of Guelph and also the businesses are uh, really in tune with, um, you know, recycling, uh, renewable energy, just thinking about the environment? I think the community of Guelph is really passionate in terms of the broad environmental stewardship, um, you know, doing what they can to, to reduce waste, uh, save energy, all those things, right? Um but, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, having those great intentions that we can't do more. And then we're always looking to improve and how we can contribute more. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're ready for it. And what does um, energy conservation have to do with climate change and greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, so when we use energy, uh, be it electricity or natural gas or even gasoline or diesel fuel, um, what we're doing is, as we're using that energy, uh, we tend to burn fuels and emit methane and carbon dioxide, and those are all greenhouse gas uh, or contribute to greenhouse gas emissions. And so because of that, then it's changing uh, the atmosphere and it's also changing uh, the way that our climate reacts, uh, environmental weather patterns and all that. So by using less energy, we're you know, emitting less greenhouse gases and uh, and doing our part for the planet. Does the city have uh, energy conservation or um, greenhouse gas emission targets? I'm sure you do. Yeah, so I, I kind of classify them into two targets. Um, you know, as a as a community, um, everybody's to to strive towards being a net zero carbon community by 2050. And then the municipal, the municipality in itself. So looking at all the buildings and the, the fleet vehicles, buses, all the things that the city runs, uh, the target is also aligned with that community target, but also has a corporate target of 100% renewable energy by 2050. So meaning that we're supposed to supply all the energy that we use 
uh, with with renewable sources. Uh, why 2050? So 2050 was chosen at that time. It was aligned with uh, with federal and provincial targets, uh, and is is aligned with with UN targets as well. Um, to a layperson as myself, that sounds like a a grand target, like a big. That's a big objective. 2050 is not that far off, as we all know. The years just fly. Um, is it? Is it? I mean, obviously, you consider that doable. Well, I think there's a lot of conversation about targets. Um, and rightfully so. So we do have to, 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 to reduce our emissions. 2050 is not so far away and it is a big, a big, uh, ask. I think what we have to do though, is, is there's with all the conversation and the discussion, I think we just have to get to it now and, and really just start conserving. And like we said, there's little things and, and big things that we can do and, uh, our approach is, is really conserve what we can and, and keep moving towards that target in 2050. And Heather, um, as I understand it, your department is kind of made up of three uh, resource specific services. So you, you handle solid waste, water, and the watershed. Um, how's that all work together? Yeah, Wendy, it's it's solid waste, water, and wastewater. Uh, and of course, there's a, a lot of circularity that exists there. So these three services not only provide operational functions of, you know, picking up our, our waste at the curb and making sure water is safe for us to drink, and then, of course, treating it again before it goes back to our local waterways, but we all work together um, uh, ensuring that the public are aware of the right practices to keep rates and taxes low so they can have an impact on that. In order to do that, the city invests in outreach, education, and communication, of course, to engage with our residents and businesses and sort of identifies kind of a bit of a, a role that they play in ensuring that smooth delivery of the, of the community services. So recently, actually, uh, internally, our environmental services department, which is made up of those three resource uh, specific services, reorganized to align the programs and public engagement of those three groups into this, this team of environmental programs. Um, and so what's that meant for us, for city staff, is that we're considering all of our messages and our tactics to engage with our community and how we measure that success to be aligned. Uh, and so while we've always traditionally leaned on one another for opportunities or, or, or those challenges for, for improving the services, it kind of formally brings that work together. For example, most recently, we were just come to light as we're starting to plan for a little bit more of a, a broader rollout of a communications campaign around wastewater. So a bit of a spoiler alert, but, um, you know, our, our solid waste team has always been running with a, a waste wizard app that not only helps you uh, and reminds you when your garbage and recycling day it is and what's going out, but if you have any questions about what can go into which of your three bins or has to be taken back to the um, hazardous household depot. Um, that information is right there, but it also can be a reminder um, for people and used as a tool that they shouldn't be using their toilet as a garbage can. Like it's pee poo paper or bodily waste only in the toilet. Um, but it, and it also can be used to promote things like flushable wipes, contrary to the packaging. They are not in fact flushable. Um, so another really good example is actually engaging with our school group. So uh, instead of giving class presentations that strictly focus on water, where Guelph gets its water from, uh, how it's protected, treated, and used hopefully efficiently, uh, it doesn't then parse it out from that of what happens after we flush the toilet and then goes into, a, you know, a second chapter there of what it actually takes for that water to be treated uh, so well that it can go back to to our local waterway. So from to touch on your point about watershed there, um, 
so we really do look forward to getting back to sort of those public and traditional public engagement events uh, and to sort of so that our public actually sees us as they already see us as that one city. Um, and so this this helps us with being sort of that one voice when it comes to our environmental messages. Uh, I love that idea, even the fact that you remind people because, you know, it's it's crazy. You recycle and you do your garbage every week or whatever. And there are times when you you just you forget. Do I put can I put that in, you know, certain things, you know, like, you know, batteries don't do that. But there's there's times that you just you to, you lapse and it's like, I can't remember. Or if that's allowed in now, sometimes it changes. So that's a fantastic idea to just keep a, a reminder for people. Yeah, absolutely. That Waste Wizard app, if, if people don't have it, it is a helpful, it's a helpful tool for people. We're right now running a campaign around aerosols and not only aerosols, even empty, shouldn't be going into you, uh, your recycling, even though it's made of that. It goes back to our, our um, Waste Resource Innovation Center to be to be recycled properly or disposed of properly. Um, but they can contribute to, to hazards for our workers as well. So there's fire hazards that that can be caused from these things as well. So uh, one, one small, one small problem there with our Waste Wizard app is it's, it's a helpful tool that way. Yeah, very much so. Um, now, I know you have probably long-term projects and, and more short-term projects. Could you run down some of the stuff you're planning for like the next year or so? Yeah, absolutely. And there's actually lots of opportunity for public involvement as well. Um, it's been a it's been a busy few years, uh, contrary to the impact of COVID. Uh, we've been still running in the background with a lot of our master planning exercises, especially the water centric um, and our solid waste master planning processes in the background, um, and 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 engaging and engaging the community. So staff's going to start to be executing on those recommendations, assuming uh, council is comfortable with the recommendations coming through those master plans later in this year. In the case of water and wastewater's master planning process, we'll be needing to uh, update our current water efficiency strategy, which is, is well, well um, regarded in the community and, and there's been a broad uptake there. Um, and so what the, that water efficiency strategy will need to be doing is propose those fiscally responsible direct and indirect water savings programs and projects uh, based on, you know, Guelph's community and the constraints. But this time around, Guelphites can really expect a great deal of consideration to be had around the circularity of our water system. So that be the interconnectedness of source protection, water, wastewater, and stormwater, and considering that of reuse, as well as affordability questions being at the forefront of the strategy development. And we'd like to expand on the scope of that water efficiency strategy to that of an integrated approach to water management that better evaluates the impacts and recommendations may have even on one another um, and how it's best to serve the community through that one water or part of me one city lens. Also in the same vein of, of circularity, waste is managed in a very circular fashion. It's only now that it's becoming more common for the community to discuss circularity when it comes to waste as a resource. For instance, um, I believe there was a past podcast around our food future and the work that they've been doing with the Smart yeah. Cities Initiative as well. And they're bringing a lot of awareness to circularity to traditional food waste, uh, as well as a number of other initiatives, of course. But um, it that that ties in quite nicely to where we're going internally as well to make sure that this update to the water, solid waste management master plan is evaluating those greater opportunities for reuse of goods with the end goal, of course, to reduce um, diversion rates, the waste that goes actually into a landfill versus that of, of a means that's a little bit more sustainable. 
So the, the province is, of course, leaning into producer pay models. So looking at how they're going to change that blue bin program that we're all so well used to and, you know, what our parents have taught us. Um, but it means that, that producers are going to be responsible for that. But that's going to have bigger ripple effects across all the streams of waste. Um, and so we, we anticipate some, some great opportunities there. So the city can always have uh, get involved. There's lots of information at guelph.ca slash environment. And of course, signing up through Have Your Say Guelph, that'll not only tell you where some of those projects are at, but also give you an opportunity to, to prompt you where there's public participation. So at haveyoursay.guelph.ca. I was looking through um, just some of the things that you have done over the years, and I'm not sure if it's Brian or, or yourself, Heather, but if you could comment on a couple of these. I thought these were really unique um, that I had not heard of being done. Uh, for instance, um, Cold water ice flooding. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Uh, but didn't yeah, think it of makes it. sense, eh? Right, exactly. <laughs> and there's there's a bit of a trick with that. So yeah, you do have to make sure that we're getting the air bubbles out of there, and we're making sure that the ice is actually even of better quality than it was before. So there's a perfect example of where, you know, you just use common sense. Where we're using less energy to go and make a good clean sheet of ice, um, and. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're winning in terms of ice quality, which is the most important part, and not screwing up programs and, and ice skating uh, and saving energy at the same time. And on a similar vein, uh, electric ice surfacers. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have three Zambonis that are battery electric. Um, and then as we're replacing the other remaining ones, we'll be doing the same. A lot quieter, better yeah. air in the arenas, so it makes a more enjoyable uh, time for the audience. So we were talking about how you're going to have uh, or, or try to have all operations and facilities uh, using 100% renewable energy sources by 2050. Uh, how do you handle residents versus um, businesses industry? Same same rules, same ideas, just on a bigger scale, or how how does that work? Yeah, so that's bringing back to those two classifications. So that 100% renewable again is 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 on our corporate facilities. So that would be the West End Community Center to even our wastewater treatment plant or solid waste facility in City Hall. But also even looking at our buses or you mentioned ice resurfacers, right? Mm -hmm. So all those things would be doing that. And I just want to keep in mind, I know renewable energy is in the title, but we're not looking at you know putting solar panels and paving our streets with solar panels and continue to use lots of energy. This is a conservation first approach. So we're reducing our energy use. So that means we would require less solar panels to go and do the renewable supply. The other classification though, is, is that community boundary. So the community boundary, um, that's everything within the geographic boundaries of the city of Guelph, be it residents or businesses. Okay. And that target, oh, and sorry, we, we can't forget the municipality as part of that too, where we are a member of the community as well. So everybody's to make that contribution towards that net zero carbon uh, by 2050 target. Mm -hmm. And again, that would be very, very similar in the vein of 100% renewable and that it's a conservation first approach because as we conserve energy, we use less or we emit less GHG. And it's also taking on smart strategies to get off of dirty fuels and, and move towards cleaner fuels. So things like electric vehicles would, would benefit um, moving towards that target too. Uh, where is Guelph in that? Do you have a lot of people using electric vehicles? I, I don't have the numbers at hand, but actually, yeah, I remember do coming across that and the adoption of electric vehicles is pretty significant in Guelph. 
Um, and anecdotally, as I'm driving around, uh, I actually, I'm, I am a, an EV owner uh, of an older model. Um, but I, I do tend to notice these things as I kind of geek out on energy and see that there's a lot of electric vehicles on the streets. Well, the other thing that we had talked about, I think in a po- past podcast, um, was during COVID, a lot of people were um, maybe trying transit for the first time or uh, doing some biking and, and your your paths and your walking trails and all that were really well used. So do you think that might continue? Because that, I assume, kind of works into what you're all trying to do. Yeah, so I think the active transportation uh, network, I mean, what a phenomenal network. Uh, and it's been a savior for me in terms of COVID and, and, and before. And as I keep exploring it, I find out more trails and more more pathways and stuff like that. And even with the first day of school today, you know, I, I biked the kids over there and, and it was fantastic. Um, definitely the, the, the sustainable transportation team is, is looking to expand the network. Um, and actually they did receive some federal and Ontario supports to do exactly that is expand the active transportation network. And transit in general, I know your guys are doing a lot with with your transportation department. So that'll be a huge, huge one for you guys too, in terms of saving energy. Yeah, so transit is has done some fantastic things as they continually improve their, their operations, you know, with things like the on-demand uh, program that they're doing right now. Um, Another thing that's coming down the pipe is uh, electric buses. So we're looking to have battery electric buses. Uh, we're going to be doing some pilot modifications to our existing garage. And then uh, in future years, we're going to be uh, designing and developing the broader city operations campus, which will be home to the new electric transit facility. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to, to see what you guys do there. Um, so you expect really, I think you said this, but that your community you feel will will embrace all of this they they're very conservation minded it sounds like anyway yeah I, I i've been seeing some great support and i mean you know we see it through through all the the very engaged um community groups out there um that are that are keeping us going on on approaching those targets I see it through, you know, solar panels on residential homes and even on commercial buildings as well. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody is is ready to go and has already been doing things. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna even give a high five to the water conservation folks too. I mean, they've they've led the path and and trailblazed that all, and I think it it really got into the DNA of the community, and it's really helped as we as we move towards this climate change uh, emergency and and everybody you know, taking a hands-on deck approach. For sure. So let's go to the the rapid fire question. So for both of you, um, how do you think the initiatives that you've both talked about will benefit the community? Heather, you want to go first? Sure. We've been seeing a lot, like as Brian alluded to there, um, or, or spoke quite kindly of, the, the water efficiency programming has has quite a history. Our water supply master plan has always been uh, driven by reclaiming capacity and and water conservation optimization efficiency continues to be uh, driving that. So it sort of defers those costs or that timeline of large infrastructure investments. Um, and so I think that we've we've shown a great history on on keeping rates uh, uh, lower because of that. Um, and I, I see some of these programs continuing to play a, a significant role in that. Brian, yeah, I'd like to add to that. Um... Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Energy costs are going to 
increase as time goes on. So the more that we take on this conservation approach, the more that we use less now and into the future, means a lot less of a, a dent on our pocketbook moving forward. So that's from the fiscal side of things. We, we spoke about, you know, those side benefits. And let's look at mental health as we're using these active transportation paths. Um, fantastic stuff there uh, and getting us outdoors and, you know, it just makes us better people and, and we get to enjoy the outdoors. And then even on the water, the water side that, that Heather had mentioned, uh, you know, we're a very unique community being a ground source uh, water community and uh, it's a limited resource just like fossil fuels uh, but it's a very critical resource as well so huge benefits there mm -hmm. heather yeah i just wanted to add to that yeah that with the with regards to the fiscal responsibility we're so used to seeing it through that lens and brian i, I appreciate you expanding that scope because i think that we need to value those other aspects of it it's really hard to model into the future and say what would have been and we've tried to accomplish that through through water and through energy if, if we don't do this this is what it could look like but we are living a different experience because of that investment and in, in our community's commitment and and as we spoke about earlier on we do have such an environmentally minded community uh, and that's evolved over the many many years of, of the city's investment as well as just the community investment in that so it's been fantastic to see that and and we hope we will continue to see that commitment of our community I'm, I'm sure of it and what one word would you use to describe this what the city wants why the city wants really to move ahead with these initiatives what comes to mind oh darn it I'm a verbose person I'm one word <laughs> Hmm. We'll give you a few. I'm going to lean on Brian first. I am stumped. I, a, a one <laughs> word thing that, that, sorry, can you just repeat a, that one? one word that, you know, why the city says we've, we've got to move ahead with these initiatives. Why is it so important? You know, I think I'll, I'll use two words and I think it's just common sense. Like it, mm -hmm. it just makes sense that we should be doing this uh, from all aspects. And uh, and maybe a third word is now. Like, let's get on with it. We just yeah. can't do it. So. Yeah. I like, let's I, get on with it. I was also going to add in just, I mean, it's such a, it's such a cliche term, but innovation, because, you know, there, there is, our whole modern society has been built off of innovation and this is, this is the way forward presently. Uh, so I would, I'll go with innovation. Final That's answer. great. That's great. That's great. Didn't even have to phone a friend, you guys. <laughs> um, a lot of good information, honestly. At you, I'm always, always amazed about Guelph and all your initiatives, and you're just always on top of everything. So 2050, as we said, not that far away, so lots to consider. Thanks to Heather and Brian for your time and expertise. And I just got to admit, you know what I'm going to take away from this podcast? Pee, poo, and paper. That's, that's what I got. So, no, thank my you so job much. My potty talk. So, thank you, Wendy. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.